Giving ourselves rules to overcome our sin nature is kind of like throwing chum into the water and then being surprised when a bunch of sharks show up. It's absolute insanity. Welcome to another exciting episode of This is Christopher David Gray. We are cutting through religion to find the true Christ. In this episode, we're going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about why in true spirituality, we downplay, intentionally downplay the importance of sin because ultimately we realize the best way to overcome sin is by ignoring sin. But in this episode, we're going to talk about the mechanics of it, why this works, We're going to talk about why ignoring sin is the best way to overcome it. Because when we understand the true reality and how and what sin actually is and how faith overcomes sin, you realize, wait a second, if faith overcomes sin, then I shouldn't be thinking about sin. I should be thinking about building my faith, right? If I want to be stronger, I don't think about my weakness. I think about building strength. I do things to build my strength. So let's start with Romans chapter 14, verses 22 and 23. The faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats because his eating is not from faith. And whatever is not from faith is sin. So there's Paul talking about that whole eating meat sacrifice to idols thing again. But this statement is very clear. Whatever is not from faith is sin. So if whatever is not from faith is sin, why should I even bother thinking about sin? If everything I do is a sin, if I don't have faith, what I need to focus my attention on is building my faith, right? That's the only thing that matters is faith. If I'm walking in the spirit, I can't be controlled by my sin nature. Focusing on the sin nature, trying to heal myself of my sin, trying to cleanse myself of my sin is not going to help me. In fact, trying to heal yourself, trying to fix yourself of sin is kind of like that scene. If you're familiar with the story of the Br'er Rabbit and the Tar Baby, where the farmer had created a tar scarecrow to keep Br'er Rabbit out of the briar patch. And the more he wrestled with this Tar Baby, the more he got stuck. That's the way it is with sin. And before we go any further talking about sin, I want to be really clear that when I talk about sin and when the Bible talks about sin, this is the stuff in your life that you do not want. It's the stuff that makes you feel like shit. Okay. It's the guilt, the shame, the worry, the doubt, the fear, like everything that you don't want to experience in this life. This is what sin is. And so in that respect, I understand, of course, from the Christian belief system, hey, we need to get rid of sin. Sin is bad. I don't want to be a sinner. Of course. Yes, absolutely. I don't want to be a sinner either. I don't want to feel separate from God. I mean, ultimately, we have to realize that's what it is. Sin is separation from God. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is an archery term. So you're shooting the arrow at the target and you miss. That is a sin. You missed the mark, right? So that's why the apostle Paul says anything not done in faith is sin. If you miss the mark, you missed the mark. You missed it. That's a sin, right? So I just want to be very clear about that. I know that using words like sin and 
God and Jesus, the Bible, like I know all of this can be a trigger for everybody. And we're so many of us are just sick of religion, just hounding on sin. And this is a sin and everything's a sin. And that's a sin. One of my favorite songs from the 1980s is by a group called the Pet Shop Boys. And they did a song called It's a Sin. And it's based on one of the guy's experience growing up in Catholic church. And it basically, it's saying everything I want to do, everything I've ever done, everywhere I ever go, everything's a sin. And I look back upon my life always with a sense of shame. I've always been the one to blame. It's a sin, right? That's the experience that a lot of people have in religion. Everything is a sin. But then what's funny is when you read the Apostle Paul echoing saying, yes, if you take that perspective, you're right. Everything is a sin. Anything not done in faith is a sin. So he's saying on one hand, hey, all things are permissible. To the pure, all things are pure. But if you don't have the faith to do it, then to you, it's a sin. And this is what the Christian belief system, religion cannot explain, does not understand this because the Christian belief system and religion itself is an ego construct. It's actually a construct of the sin nature. Religion is actually trying to teach you how to overcome your sin nature with your sin nature. Let's go back to the passage in Colossians chapter two, where the apostle Paul is clearly saying that having rules like do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. He says in verse 23, these are matters which have to be sure the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement, severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. This is why someone like the songwriter from the Pet Shop Boys can have that experience that so many people have had in religion. And it's not just the Catholic religion. We can't just pick on them. It's all religion that everything is a sin. And the whole idea of there is a world out there that's trying to get you to sin and everything's a sin. And so you need to stay away from everything in order to avoid sin. Everything is a trigger, right? I mean, it's effectively saying that everything to you is a trigger for your sin nature. So you have to stay away from everything. Don't let your sin nature come out. It's just waiting to jump out. And Apostle Paul is saying, this is the opposite of how we deal with that. Giving ourselves rules to overcome our sin nature is kind of like throwing chum into the water and then being surprised when a bunch of sharks show up. It's absolute insanity when you begin to understand what the Apostle Paul is saying about human psychology. And again, this absolutely blows my mind that these words were written 2,000 years ago. And yet somehow we still do not understand the profound nature of what he's saying. This is actually cutting edge psychology that was written 2000 years ago that we still do not understand and we don't practice because religion is the opposite. I love the fact that in this new American standard, he actually says, they actually put in there the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion. I understand it's a very difficult thing to understand How, if I get rid of the rules, then what's going to keep me from sinning? Well, this is exactly the point. This is exactly where true spirituality begins. When you get rid of the rules, you can't rely on outward influences anymore. You can't rely on man-made rules. You have to go within and listen to your own conscience. That's where the Holy Spirit, that's where God speaks to you. 
And if we are too concerned with what other people think of us and too concerned with religion and getting all of our guidance for our lives from the outside of us, from man-made rules and self-made religion, we are not in touch with who we truly are and we're not in touch with God. And if you're not in touch with God, then yes, everything you do is a sin because the whole point of life is to be connected to life. The problem is in this life, in this world, we have an option. Imagine a room with two chairs. One of them says sin nature or the flesh or the ego. And the other one says Christ or Christ consciousness or higher self or child of God. There are two options that we have. This is why we get confused. If I am sitting in the correct chair, I will have the correct perspective. The reason why this doesn't make sense to us, wait a second, how am I supposed to know what to do if you get rid of the rules? No, we don't get rid of the rules. We have understanding, we, we have knowledge. We have knowledge that helps us to discern, right? We're getting rid of the idea that we need outside constraints in order to have self-control, in order to be self-governed, in order to understand who I am, what my identity is, and what I should do with my life. This is what we're getting rid of. We're getting rid of the idea that I need some kind of outward man-made thought system in order to keep me in check. I mean, very obviously, one of the reasons why we get confused with this is because when we're children, we very much do need outward guidance from people, right? But when we grow up, we move into a whole different way of thinking, realizing I can govern myself. So let's go back to this idea of, so why is it such a bad idea to try to overcome sin and overcoming sin, if that makes sense? Why is it a bad idea to focus on sin in order to overcome it? Because effectively, everything not done in faith is sin. So my focus should not be on my sin because I have a sin nature that is always going to be there. So I could try to clean up my sin nature all day long, every day, and it's not going to happen. It just cannot happen. And the problem is, the more attention that I give to my sinful nature, the more attention I give to my bad habits, I'm actually only fueling it. I'm actually only making it worse. But when I focus on, okay, what is faith? If I walk in faith, then it's impossible for me to walk in sin, to be disconnected. So again, what we need to focus on is faith. I want to understand how to be connected. I want to understand how to live a life where the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace in my life. Automatic. I'm talking about automatic fruit, right? Not something that's self-generated. One of the reasons why religious people have a hard time understanding this concept is because our idea in the Christian belief system, in religion, because we're actually living in our egos, in our sinful nature, trying to generate love and joy and peace out of our sinful nature through our willpower, we don't actually know what those things are. That when I'm talking about love and joy and peace, I'm talking about literal fruit, things that are actually real. Love that feels like love, joy that feels like joy. Something that is just there, free. It's like a fruit on a tree that is there for the taking. You don't have to do anything for it. You can take it, it's available at any time. But if we are so convinced 
that we are sinners and that we're not allowed to experience love and joy and peace until we get rid of all of the sin in our lives, then we will never experience this life the way that we are supposed to experience it. We'll never understand and experience why Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is within you, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and we'll constantly live in this sense of hell. I mean, one way to look at this is there is heaven and hell available to us right now in this life. If we are in our sin nature, whether it's being a bad person intentionally or trying not to be a bad person, either way, you're in your sin nature. You're not experiencing the connection to God that you could have. And ultimately, that's what hell is. Hell is feeling disconnected from God. That's why everything not done in faith is sin. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is my connection to God. My faith is my focus. My faith is my state of being. My faith is an understanding that I don't need to clean up my sin nature, that it's always going to be there. But as long as I stay plugged into the vine, as long as I have the IV in my arm, the IV drip from God, from the universe, from love, joy, peace, that's truly the thing that I'm trying to accomplish. The Apostle Paul clearly said, we overcome evil with good. You don't overcome evil with more evil. Two wrongs don't make a right even though two rights made an airplane, right? <laughs> I hope you're fully convinced right now that trying to clean yourself up is not going to help. It's not going to do anything. You should be focusing 100% of your energy on what faith is, developing more faith, being connected to God for real. That's what we should be focusing on. But I understand for me, and probably for you too, it helps to understand the mechanics of what sin is so you can be convinced that what I'm saying is true, that it's actually the most intelligent thing for you to do to ignore, ignore sin, ignore the sin nature. Don't give it any more attention than you absolutely have to. Because what we're going to realize is if I have this idea that I'm supposed to clean myself up before I'm allowed to go into the promised land, then you just never will step into the promised land. The first generation of Israelites who came out of Egypt, they didn't have faith. One of the reasons why they stayed in the wilderness and didn't go into the promised land is because they were complaining. Okay, yeah. Okay, so let's just stop complaining. If they just stopped complaining, then they could go into the promised land. No, you overcome evil with good. Just the absence of complaining is not going to get them where they need to be in order to get into the promised land. What they need is faith. What they need is to believe, to believe what God has said about themselves. The reason why they didn't go into the promised land is because they didn't have faith. Now, trust me, when you realize this, when you finally get to the point where you're like, I am not going to do this wandering around in the wilderness thing anymore, and I'm going to march into the promised land. Okay, this is where we actually get to deal with sin and our wrong beliefs at their core. Because if you're wandering around in the wilderness dealing with what you think sin is, sex, drugs, rock and roll, those are just symptoms. When you go into the promised land, believe me, you're going to have plenty of opportunity to be face-to-face -face with your weaknesses, face-to-face -face with your wrong belief system, face-to-face -face with the things that keep you from having faith, that keep you from deepening your faith. This is kind of a paradox, right? I'm telling you, in order to get out of the wilderness, in order to stop doing circles, you need to forget about sin and focus on faith. And then once you get into your promised land and you're marching down the road that you know that you're supposed to be on, 
Guess what? Yes, the whole thing about going into the promised land is dispossessing the Canaanites, which represents all of our false beliefs, which is the actual source of our sin. You could think of it as the fuel for your sin nature. These are the things that you need to depossess in your life. And you will be led to do that. Just like the idea of Jesus being led into the wilderness to be tempted. Don't worry about it. You don't have to plan this out, okay? Believe me, you will have plenty of time to be confronted with your wrong beliefs, which essentially is a better definition of what sin is. So number one, yes, we have a sin nature. Okay, so let's get more into the mechanics of what sin is and where it comes from and our sin nature and again, why ignoring our sin nature is the best way to overcome it. In Romans chapter 7, starting at verse 15, it says, For that which I'm doing, I do not understand, for I'm not practicing which I would like to do, but I'm doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing I do not wish to do, I agree with the law, confessing that it is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which indwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is my flesh. For the wishing is present in me, but the doing of good is not. For the good that I wish I do not do, but I practice the very evil I do not wish to do. But if I'm doing the very thing I do not wish, I'm no longer the one doing it, but sin dwells in me. I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wishes to do good. I love that last verse. That's the kicker. The principle. There's a principle. Evil is present in me, the one who wishes to do good. This is a major failing of the Christian belief system, not fully teaching us the profound nature of that principle. We in the Christian belief system are taught to think of ourselves as sinners. So in the Christian belief system, we are completely inundated with this idea of you're a sinner. Be afraid of your sin nature. Be afraid of anything that's going to trigger your sin nature. You need to avoid sin at all costs. You are a sinner. This is your nature. But we realize it's just like playing with the tar baby. The more you try to fight against your sin, the more you get entangled with it. That's why the Apostle Paul, again, it's like throwing rules. Don't do this. Don't do that. It's just like throwing chum in the water and then being surprised when sharks show up. It's because we don't understand the power of faith. So what is this idea of faith? What is the kind of faith that overcomes sin? Well, first of all, Faith that you are the one that wants to do good and you have a sin nature. I mean, contemplate that just for a few minutes and realize if you truly believed that, if you truly saw your life that way, absolutely, not just a concept, not just a nice idea like, oh yeah, I'm a spiritual being. I'm a son of God seated somewhere with Jesus, you know, I'm perfect, but I guess I won't really understand that until I get to heaven. In the meantime, I just have to wrestle with my sin nature and there's nothing I can do about it and blah, blah. No, 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 no. What I'm telling you from personal experience is that if you spend time contemplating this and realizing that there are two distinctly different ways to experience life, most Christians, most religious people in the Christian belief system are approaching their life as if, I am the sinner and I have a spirit somewhere that is perfect. Instead of the truth being, I am a perfect spirit, son of God, connected directly to God, a branch in the vine. That is who I am. That's my identity. And I have a sin nature. Just like I have a hand. I have a body. I have an arm. 
It's something I have. It's not actually me. Because conceptually, what we understand is when we die, when we depart this world, we will no longer have that. It will no longer be with us. Our spirit will be free of that. I can't tell you strongly enough how life-changing this will be when you spend enough time in contemplation and meditation to realize this truth, to realize it. It's something that is true. But if you don't believe it, if you don't spend time realizing that it's true, then it can't be true in your life. This is something that the Christian belief system is completely derelict in teaching people. Just because something is true does not mean you are experiencing it in your life. Somehow, we have this idea that God is controlling everything and that whatever God wants in my life, I am going to experience. And so I just kind of accept things the way they are. And because of growing up in the Christian belief system, it's been so reinforced to me that I have a sinful nature and I experience it every day. And then I just, I try to fight it and it just gets worse and worse. And I'm just using more and more of my willpower. This concept of being spiritual or having a spirit or being a son of God. We have to admit, if you grow up in religion, that's something that you may have mentally assented to. You may believe with your conscious mind that that's true somehow. But I'm telling you, there's a huge, huge difference in experience of life when you actually make this a reality in your life, when you start experiencing this as a reality in your life. This is why truly devout spiritual people spend years meditating in monasteries. This is what they are trying to accomplish. They're trying to have these revelations of like, wait a second, what if I actually 100% with all of my being believed and saw and experienced and felt myself as a perfect spirit who has a sin nature? I could realize this is not just a concept in my mind, in my ego thought process. This is actually a reality that I can experience. Another reason why we don't understand this in religion, in the Christian belief system, is because it's not a light switch. It's not something you can just flip on. But I guarantee that everyone listening to this has experienced this. You have experienced your, your spirit. You're probably experiencing your spirit right now. We've just all been so beat down by this idea that I have to overcome my sin in order to finally have this mountaintop experience or whatever, experience God. But that's not the way it works. And it's one of the reasons why we don't understand when the Apostle Paul says things like, all things are permissible, that to the pure, all things are pure. You can do whatever you want. Just don't violate your conscience. The reason why we cannot fathom this is because we're looking at it from our ego. We're looking at it from the sinful nature. We are fully convinced that our number one identity on this earth is the sinful ego. And so we experience the world like this. It's like wearing shit-colored glasses. You wear shit-colored glasses and you see everything as shit. It's like looking at your shadow and being concerned about it. Oh my gosh, I have a shadow. Look at this darkness. Look at this darkness that's coming out of me. Oh my gosh. Oh, I got all this darkness coming out of me. What do I do about it? Like, I don't know. I'm worried. And then 
And then it just gets darker and darker and you just notice how much more dark it is and, and you get fixated on the darkness and you just start feeling dark because you're focused on the dark. And we have to realize that our faith and our consciousness is a lot like a solar panel. If we're not facing the sun, then you don't get the energy of the sun. If you're not focused on love and joy and peace and experiencing that, then you're not going to experience it. The more you focus on your shadow, the more you feel disconnected, the more you feel dark. But instead, what do you do? <laughs> You can't fix your shadow. You're always going to have a shadow, right? But what you can do is turn around. If you turn 180 degrees and face the sun, you still have a shadow, but you're not concerned about it because you realize, oh, it's nothing. Okay, yeah, maybe there's a part of me that is absent of light. Yeah, so maybe I am capable of experiencing this world through the lens of darkness. I am capable of conceptualizing a world where God is absent and I can actually feel that, like that's, that's what's so convincing about it, right? Is that we can feel this. This is our experience. When I feel anxious and worried, doubtful, fearful, this seems real to me. But what were you gonna understand when you start contemplating this for yourself and start learning about this is you realize what you're experiencing is the same thing as just staring at a shadow. You feel dark, you feel fearful because you're facing the wrong direction. Fear is not a thing. Fear is the absence of a thing. Fear is the absence of love. This is why faith takes care of all sin. This is why anything not done in faith is sin. Or on the contrary, anything done in faith cannot be sin because it's not about what you're doing, it's about your perception. Our goal is not to change our behavior. Our goal is to change our perception of what the true reality is. When you step into the true reality, you start staring at the sun instead of staring at your shadow. Your life becomes a whole different experience. I stop feeling bad about my sin nature when I realize there's nothing I can do about it. I love this passage in Romans chapter 7 that we read because Paul is clearly saying, I'm not the one doing this. If I'm doing things, if things are coming out of me that I don't want to come out of me, then I have to realize this is not me doing it. Why should I feel bad about something that I'm not doing? And then realize if I want to stop doing this stuff, I got to just stop focusing on it. Stop feeling bad. This is where the feedback loop starts. Okay, let's talk about the mechanics of sin. Let's, let's realize what actually is happening, okay? We're specifically talking about sin from the perspective of someone like you and me who grew up in church, who's very well aware, wants to be a good person, very well aware of, like, I am one who wants to do good, right? We could have a different conversation about people who have surrendered to it, who are intentionally trying to be bad people, who are intentionally manipulating people, intentionally stealing bad people who have embraced this side of them completely, right? So first, let's realize that the sins of the fathers are, are visited on the third and fourth generation. This is actually a scientific fact. I heard about this experiment where they took some lab rats and they exposed them to the scent of almonds. And every time they exposed them to the scent of almonds, they gave them a shock. And they did this over and over again until every time they smelled almonds, they would be repelled. So the first generation of rats that was trained had a second generation. No testing was done to the second generation. 
The second generation had the third generation. Third generation, no testing was done. Nothing was done. Fourth generation was born. The fourth generation responded the same way to the scent of almonds, repelled by the scent of almonds, the same way the first generation was. So this idea of of the sins of our fathers being passed down to the third and fourth generation, this is scientifically true, okay? The bad beliefs that my great-great-grandfather had are somehow inside of me. I did not choose them. It was not my choice. By the way, I did not choose to have a sin nature. I would like to choose not to have one, right? This is not my choice. The Apostle Paul is clearly saying, this is not my choice, right? So this is what happens. This is mechanics of sin. Something that my great-great-grandfather did or believed, some kind of bad belief about, you know, God doesn't love me or whatever. So that gets passed down to me. And somehow I get triggered by somebody or somebody says something to me and I get triggered and I don't even know why and some really mean words fly out of my mouth to somebody else and I sin, I hurt somebody. This is the mechanics of sin. This is what's actually happening. This is actually not in my control, right? These things come out of me without me even having any kind of say in this. One of the things that we need to see very clearly is God is not mad at me for that. How can God be mad at me for this? I'm not choosing this, right? We're talking to us religious people who have made this decision. I want to be sin-free. I realize that all of this bad stuff in me, like this is what's causing misery in me. I don't want this stuff. This is hell. Sin is separation from God. God is love and joy and peace. Like that's what I want. That's what I want to experience. When I'm connected to God, when I feel those things, I have inspiration. I have wisdom. I have fun. I feel creative. Like there's so much good that comes out of it. I don't want this sin, but it's, it's there. It's in me. And there's nothing I can do about it. It just just comes out, right? Like that's the situation with sin. So if you think that you're just going to work on your sin nature and get that all cleaned out all by yourself before you march forward, it's not going to happen. You can't do it. The way that it's supposed to work, the way that we're supposed to get cleaned up is marching into the promised land and just taking care of one battle at a time. Believe me, when you're moving forward in your life, hey, I want to create a business, you're going to encounter all kinds of doubt and fear in you related to this goal that you have. Just like when Noah was building the ark, there was all sorts of hurdles and psychological things that he had to overcome in order to get that done, right? Imagine if Noah said, all right, God, Um, I'll do this boat thing, but you know, first I just know I've got a lot of doubt and fear and I don't have a lot of skill here. So we're going to have to, you're going to have to teach me all of these things and you have to clean up my sin nature and you're going to have to give me a whole new group of neighbors because I know the neighbors are going to be harassing me and you got to get rid of all this stuff. Okay. So if we get everything perfect, okay, now I can build this boat. No, that's not the way it works, right? But that's kind of the way that we think it's supposed to work in religion. We think that we have to clean ourselves up completely and get over all of our sin and all the bad stuff and get over our sin nature before we can march into the promised land. But what happens is when you start contemplating and start realizing, okay, wait a second, here's the principle. The principle that Paul says, I see the principle that there is evil in me, the one who wants to do good. I am the one who wants to do good and there's evil in me. When I take that perspective, all of a sudden, I automatically have more confidence. 
when I start realizing how this sin thing works and how actually ignoring sin is the best way to overcome it and that if I'm moving forward in faith, I will have the strength to overcome anything that gets in my way. When I start approaching my life like that, things completely change. Everything is different. I'm coming from a completely different perspective. Here's another metaphor that'll help us to understand how this works. Okay, so in your body, you have a nervous system. You have a parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. The parasympathetic nervous system is sort of the homeostasis. That's where you want to be in the majority of life. That's where everything's on and it's running and all your organs and everything's being supported. The sympathetic nervous system is sometimes referred to as the fight or flight mode for us. It's when we're in stress. And what happens is when you're in a stress mode, if you're worried, doubt, fear, guilt, shame, even if those things are primary in your consciousness, in your mind, you're feeling anxious, feeling worried, then it actually changes the physiology in your body. And one of the consequences of being in a sympathetic nervous system mode is one of the things it does is it shuts down your immune system. So imagine I'm feeling worried, I'm full of fear. And because of that, my body has switched into this sympathetic nervous system mode and my immune system is being compromised. My immune system is not running because the idea for the body is that, you know, if you're being attacked by something, if you're being attacked by a bear or, or whatever, the sympathetic nervous system mode, it sends all the energy out to your limbs to help you to flee. And it gives you like a bunch of adrenaline and stress hormones and things, right? It puts you in emergency mode so that you can deal with these threats. Well, what happens for a lot of us is that we are stuck in this fight or flight mode. We're stuck in this anxiety, worry, doubt, fear mode, which actually literally affects our body. And guess what? When you are in that mode, it's actually causing your brain to lack proper function. In other words, when you're in the sympathetic nervous system mode, your brain is not capable of having the kind of thoughts that you need to have in order to be successful, creative. This is a perfect metaphor to help us to realize like there are two different modes that you can be in. If you're in your ego, if you are stuck in your sin nature, even in a religious sense of like, I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to take my sin nature and I'm going to make it good. If you are in that mode, you are not seeing reality the way that God sees reality. You're not seeing full spectrum. You're not able to fully appreciate what is going on around you. People who are stuck in survival mode do not see opportunities of advancement. You just don't because you can't see it. And that's what happens to us. Religion causes us to be so entangled with our sin nature, with our ego nature, with our human nature, that we don't actually experience this world the way that we're supposed to experience it. Just like being stuck in the sympathetic nervous system mode. Your body and your brain are not functioning optimally. It's the same thing. If you haven't spent the time to switch your perspective, to realize it will make a huge difference in your life, whether or not you are experiencing this life as a sinner who has a spirit or as a spirit 
who has a sin nature. It's just like the difference between being in the sympathetic nervous system mode and the parasympathetic nervous system mode. In the parasympathetic nervous system mode, your body goes back into homeostasis. All of your organs are being supported and your immune system comes back online and your brain comes back online and you start observing things differently, right? One of the most tragic things that I ever discovered about myself, like as I'm waking up and becoming more of a spiritual person is realizing like, how many times have I seen sunsets and just shrugged them off? Because when you're in stress and you're in survival, like beauty and things like that, it doesn't matter, right? It's like, oh yeah, whatever, who cares? That's one way to kind of gauge where you are. And it's actually one way to try to get yourself out. For instance, if you are stuck in a sympathetic nervous system mode, stuck in stress mode, you can do things as easy as just choosing to slow down your breathing for long enough. You can actually trick your body out of sympathetic mode back into parasympathetic mode. If you take slow, deep breaths, you're literally telling your body, hey, there's nothing to be concerned about. I'm not running from a bear. I'm not stressed out. Everything's fine. You can go back into parasympathetic mode. And it's very similar with our sin nature. In order for us to overcome our sinful nature, the part of us that wants to be worried and fearful and doubting and feels disconnected from God and feels like scarcity and feels, you know, survival of the fittest and feels like everybody's out to get me and always the negative, you realize like we can get out of that by focusing our energy on the opposite, focusing our energy on the truth. What is the truth? Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Free from what? Free from that experience of being separate from God, free from your sinful nature. We're not just being freed from our past sins. We can learn how to be free from sin itself. We can learn how to see the world through the eyes of Christ. It's called Christ consciousness. When we start seeing the world the way Christ saw, and then all of a sudden, that's when things just start getting simpler. We start experiencing love and joy and peace automatically. Not something that I have to generate, not something that I have to do. It's something that I experience because I was designed to experience it. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, but it's really interesting. Think about that physical example I gave of the sympathetic nervous system. Do you think that I can fully experience a connection with God, fully experience a connection with the spirit if my body is in a stress management mode? No. And you start realizing, oh, wait a sec. Whoa, what? Hold on. Hold the phone. Wait. My thoughts, my anxious thoughts can literally affect my body and put my body and my brain in a mode that causes me to be disconnected from God. Because fear and stress mode is the opposite of faith, right? Faith is where I can experience difficulties, but I don't experience them as I typically would as a quote-unquote sinful human being. Last week, I got in a car accident, and I decided to experience it through the eyes of faith. And I was really blessed that the woman that I sideswiped was super nice. Couldn't have asked for anyone better to, to have pulled out and sideswiped. But I had a choice, right? I experienced, like, yeah, of course, my sin nature was there. The doubt and the fear and the worry, like, oh, don't you feel stupid? Your premiums are going to go up. Oh, my gosh, like, we worry about this. Why did this happen? Am I disconnected from the spirit? Like, why did this bad thing happen to me? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course, all that stuff was present. But I trained myself to see it for what it is. I'm like, nope, that's negative. 
that makes me feel bad. It's trying to suck me in and make me step into my sin nature and go into worry and doubt and fear. I'm like, no, I don't want that. That feels bad. I am going to go into faith. I'm going to believe that this happened for a reason, that everything's going to be fine. I have insurance. There's literally no good that I can do by feeling bad about it. There's no good that can come out of me feeling anxious or worried or feeling bad about myself or feeling embarrassed or allowing myself to feel any kind of bad emotion. In my understanding, that's what sin is. When I look at a situation in my life through my sin nature, through the eyes of my ego, it's all negative. It's all like, God, let this happen to you. God is distant from you. You're a bad person. You should feel bad, 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 feel bad. And I've just learned to like, no, that is a choice. I don't have to experience that. I don't have to experience this situation through the eyes of my ego. I don't have to step into that. I can experience this through faith. And I'm telling you, it was an amazingly high experience for me. And when I have situations like that in my life, it's almost like this big wave that comes where I can just say like, oh no, this big wave of like negativity is just going to take over and there's nothing I can do about it. But then I realize like, oh, wait a second. I have a surfboard. I can just hop on my surfboard and I can just surf this wave instead. And instead I'm like, now I feel great. Now I feel like I'm flying above it. I feel like, you know, the turbulence of the wind that hits the mountain and the eagle just kind of hangs out and just hang glides with free energy because the wind is pushing him up. I mean, that's the way I felt with this. Just felt amazing. And the more that I do this, I'm training my body, training myself to want to experience situations in this same spirit. Going back to the idea of sin, I know this is a hard pill to swallow for some people, but again, that idea of when you look at what sin actually is, you realize like it's absolutely insane for us to feel bad about anything that comes out of us, especially if you're someone who is actively, truly, genuinely wanting to be good and wanting the Holy Spirit to work through you. When you have something come out of you or you experience something that is contrary to that, it's absolutely pointless to feel bad about it. This is where you need to learn how to kick your faith on immediately and say, no, hey, I didn't choose this. I didn't consciously choose to get in this accident. I don't know why this happened. How many times have we apologized to friends, family saying like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that that ugly stuff came out of me. I'm so sorry I said those things. I don't mean it. I didn't want to say that. I look back on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, what was that? That wasn't me. Yes, exactly. Congratulations, you just figured it out. You just solved all of your life's problems. That was not you. You didn't do it. It was the sin nature in you. You have a sin nature, but that's not you. You don't have to take credit for that. Yes, of course, we have to apologize when things come out of us. But when we're talking to ourselves and we're talking to the spirit and we're reconnecting ourselves, we realize that's not me. And the more that I go through my life, I learn how to differentiate. I learn how to see the big issue of overcoming sin is learning how to identify when I am in my sinful ego, when I'm walking in the flesh, when I'm walking in doubt and fear and worry and guilt and shame, and then when I'm walking in the spirit and experiencing love and joy and peace and serenity, right? Like for instance, if you're feeling anxious and worried about something, 
that maybe you shouldn't feel worried and anxious about. Like if I would have got all stressed out about that car accident and feel worried and doubtful and shameful and fearful, you know, something else happened to frustrate me. I shouldn't be surprised, right? Because if I'm walking around feeling stressed out, then am I surprised when something triggers me? No, of course not. So what's the real issue? Avoiding the things that trigger you or getting rid of the triggers? It is possible for us to get rid of the triggers. It's work. Like I said, it's not like flipping the switch. I mean, I love the metaphor of looking at the shadow and then turning 180 degrees to look at the sun. But it's not always that easy, right? It's not always as easy as just turning on a dime. But when you see how this works, when you see how life actually works, how we're actually navigating our life, that I have a choice. I have a choice to be in my flesh, to be in my sinful nature, or to be walking in the spirit, walking in faith. And if I'm walking in faith, then I can't be in my sinful nature and vice versa. I mean, the truth is we go back and forth all day long, right? And a lot of times we just don't notice. So many of us are so used to feeling anxious and worried and doubtful and fearful that we don't even know the difference, right? So when something happens, it just perpetuates this cycle that we're already in the sin nature. And then we don't realize as we're in this sinful nature and then we attract other things into our lives. Because like, listen, if I am stuck in my sinful nature, going back to that idea of being stuck in my sympathetic nervous system mode, where I'm feeling stressed out and my body is literally tuned to stress. And so as I'm going through my day, my reticular activating system, it's a brain mechanism that just notices things and draws my attention to certain things. My reticular activating system is literally causing me to draw my attention to anything that's a potential threat. So I'm literally just focused on all of the negative things around me. The more I'm negative, the more I notice more negative, then it becomes a snowball. Then I notice more negative and more negative, more, more negative. Like it gets out of control. But the good news is if you've ever experienced that downward spiral, you realize the same power and the same principles work on the positive side. That if I learn how to tune into the positive, if I learn how to tune into the spirit, love and joy and peace and experience life that way and choose not to allow my sinful nature to take over and learn how to identify when I'm in the sympathetic nervous system mode and not in homeostasis. Um, I've already said this, but one more thing that I want to point out, realize one of the reasons why this doesn't make sense to us, this idea of the apostle Paul saying that all things are permissible and the, to the pure, all things are pure. But on the contrary, anything not done in faith is sin. The reason why that doesn't make sense to us a lot of times is because we're so stuck in stress. We're so addicted to our sinful nature. We are so in our sympathetic nervous system mode, so to speak, that we're not actually experiencing this life as spiritual people. We're experiencing this life just like everybody else is. Not understanding the absolute profound nature of faith. You don't have to have a car accident to make this choice, but sometimes those things get our attention, right? Sometimes it's helpful to have those kind of moments that force you to focus your attention on one thing. I'm completely focused on what's happening right now. And then you realize from that point of view, okay, I could go this way, I could go to the negative, or I could go to the positive. I could go to my sinful nature, or I could respond to this through the spirit, through faith. And sometimes it's really helpful. 
when we have those experiences in the book of James, it says, hey, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. If you read the subcontext of that verse, that's another reason why I am learning no longer to feel bad about sin or encountering sin or seeing bad things come out of me. It's sort of implying, hey, you're going to have bad stuff. You're going to have trials, right? The bad stuff is going to come to you. Bad stuff is going to come out of you. Either way, it's going to provoke your sin nature. It's going to provoke you to guilt and shame and worry and doubt and fear or tempt you in that direction. It's going to happen, but you have a choice. Instead of giving into that negativity, the fear, choose love, choose to rejoice, choose to have faith. You don't have to know how this is going to work out. How many times do we actually know how things are going to work out anyway? We never know. We never know how something is absolutely going to work out, right? Whether you're trying to hedge your bets by being negative or whether you're trying to be overly positive about something, you, nobody ever truly knows exactly how something is going to work out. So that's why, in my opinion, it's just as logical to focus on a positive outcome as it is to focus on a negative outcome. There's no difference. It takes the same amount of energy, but actually the positive has more momentum to it. What? Are you serious? Look, what are you saying? Yeah, we'll get more into that later where we realize actually choosing to focus on a positive outcome, choosing to walk in the spirit, choosing to walk in faith, there's actually more power in that. There's actually more of a momentum in that direction, which is counterintuitive to us. Why? Because we're so used to being in our sin nature and watching things fall and feeling like we're such a slave to gravity, right? Like what goes up comes down all the time. But faith is not bound by the rules and the laws of the sinful nature. What the sinful nature is not able to accomplish faith can accomplish and then some. It's like saying you can't fly. Gravity means that I can't fly, that flight is impossible. Well, okay, gravity seems to indicate that flight might be impossible, but then when you realize there are superseding laws like the law of aerodynamics, wait a second. So my sinful nature is causing me to focus on gravity and say that's the only force there is, sorry. But faith sees aerodynamics. Faith sees beyond. Faith goes beyond what the sinful nature can even fathom. And this is why we want to overcome our sin nature. This is why we want to learn how to identify when we are in our negative sinful nature, guilt, shame, worry, doubt, and fear. Because from that perspective, we are not seeing all of reality. You cannot see all of reality, just like we cannot see all of reality through our sympathetic nervous system mode. You cannot see reality as it is. It will cause you to see reality as negative. And this is why the Apostle Paul is trying to teach us when you're walking in the spirit, there is no sin. You cannot sin. If you have the mind of Christ and you're seeing reality for what it actually is, you realize there is no sin. I can only sin from my sin nature. So if I have the mind of Christ, if I have Christ consciousness, if I see everyone and everything the way Christ saw, which is the true reality, then I realize there is no sin. Sin is an illusion. Sin is a shadow. Sin is like a hole. It's, it's a nothing. It's a blackness. It's a, it's a black hole. It's a void. The reason why it feels so powerful is because when you're focusing all of your energy on a void, it's literally sucking 
all of the life out of you. That's why it feels powerful. Not because it is powerful, but because you're the one that's trying to fill this hole, this black hole void with your positive energy, with your faith energy, and it's not going to work. I don't need to fill in these potholes. I can just move on. I can navigate around them. Just because I'm going down a road and I see a pothole does not mean that I stop my journey. Oh no, there's a pothole. Oh my gosh, this road is totally worthless. One pothole is not going to stop you going down this road. We give way too much attention to our sin, and that is the problem. You give way too much attention to your sin nature, and you start believing that that's your primary identity. You start experiencing it more and more and more. If you are like most humans and you are stuck in a sort of anxiety mode, that is not how God wants you to experience this life. This should be good news to you to realize you don't have to deal with life that way. Life is not about feeling anxious and then just using your willpower to will yourself into good positive emotion in order to get through it. You don't have to experience life like that. There is a better way of ignoring the sinful nature, stepping into faith and realizing that all of that garbage that we think we have to wade through and we think we have to clean up and all the things that we think that we have to do to ourselves before we are worthy to go into the promised land does not need to happen. God will help you to clean up your wrong beliefs as you go towards your destination in the promised land. Thank you so much for spending time with me. This is Christopher David Gray with Confessions of a Christian Kid, where we are cutting through religion to find the true Christ. Listen, if you would like to learn how to better be able to discern between your sinful nature and walking in the Spirit and understand this idea of, oh my gosh, if I can just learn how to walk in the Spirit and learn how to bolster my faith, then I don't have to worry about that stuff. Everything will take care of itself. Walking in faith is the answer to our life. If you would like to have help, coaching, that can help you make this transition from seeing yourself as a sinner who has a spirit to seeing yourself as a spirit who has a sinful nature and the huge difference that will make in your life, please get in contact with me. Contact me at coack1977 at gmail.com. That's coack1977 at gmail.com. COAC stands for Confessions of a Christian Kid, C-O-A-C-K, 1977 at gmail.com. I'd love to talk to you and help coach you through this, help you learn how to put on the mind of Christ to see this life, to see yourself the way that God sees you so that you can stop looking through the shit glasses, stop looking at your shadow and thinking of yourself as a bad person and realizing that you do not have to experience life in that way. There is a better way. Thank you so much for your time and attention. We'll see you again next time.